When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News, and here we go with the Jack Riccardi Show. And congratulations to the Yukon Huskies. Boy, you're not kidding. <laughs> that was dominant. I had a that buddy of domination. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine last night. I said, oh, San Diego State. I said, no, Yukon's going to win. And I almost, well, I mean, it, yeah, right. It would have been a nice story, but, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it would have been. I just, I felt like Yukon had the... A little more legacy, you know. Not that I'm an expert. I'm not to college football what I am to the Cowboys, but UConn's pretty good. Oh yeah, no, I, I think you know? they. Well, well, they've had five national championships since mm-hmm. 1999. That's actually more than any other school in that period. They're kind of a blue blood team in in yeah. college basketball. They've had an amazing run through the tournament. They. They beat all their opponents by double digits, which I think is historic. Yeah. Uh, they, if I remember the stats right, they play in the Big East, which is a very strong conference, mm-hmm. and they also went 17-0 and this year, Christian, in non-conference games. So they, they kinda, really, they're really a historic team. They kind of reminded me a little bit of the 91 UNLV running Rebels. There you go. Just steamroller all the way to, of course, they lost to Duke. I still think that game was thrown, but whatever. Uh, Very talented team. Yeah, great uh, great game for sure. And we should also uh, throw out a little uh, congratulations to Jim Nance. This was his last Final Four. He's going to continue to work for CBS Sports, doing other things, including the Masters uh, this weekend. But this was the last time. And I I don't know about you. He's not my favorite, favorite, favorite sports guy, but he is so very easy to just... Yeah. Spend time with, you know? He is, um, at one time, Jim Nance, and I loved Pat Summerall. Yeah. Uh, Vern Lundquist. There's just a few of the, of the play-by-play guys. You know, not the color, yeah. but the play-by-play. Right. And he's right up there. He's I just, up there. I hope he stays with football for a little while longer. So. So anything else going on today? Besides, uh, you know, there was something in Manhattan. No, huh? no, I guess not. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks for the update. Yeah, knew I could count on you. All right, so how are you feeling? Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. How are you feeling about all this? Where are you at on all this? Um, let's talk about it. We're going to bring on a couple of legal experts, but mostly it's going to be you and me today. Um, we're not. I, and let me let me say this at the outset, just so you know, it is my number one goal today. To keep the dreadful ABC News coverage off of our airwaves, I have instructed our producer, Don Cooper, we do not want to hear their analysts. We do not hear, want to hear their punditry. We will go to stuff that we need to cover. We'll cover Trump tonight. If there's a news conference, we'll cover the news. But we're not going to have their dreadful, uh, can't even hide their uh, bias uh, people uh, on this show. I can't, I can't control what happens outside of this show, and oftentimes I can't even control what happens on this show, but we'll keep them off. We'll keep them out of your ear. Look, I think it was underwhelming um, today, and I I think it was uh, for a day that was so hyped, for a moment that was so hyped, um, it was pretty underwhelming. But it also is just the beginning of the game. Like, I don't know why more people aren't saying this, but this Alvin Bragg is just the guy that went first. 
Donald Trump is going to be charged with a lot of other crimes, and he's going to be charged in Georgia, and he's going to be charged uh, federally in Washington, D.C. So this is just the guy that went first. And frankly, if this was some sort of centrally controlled conspiracy, which I don't think it is, you would not have sent out this this guy and these uh, Fakakta charges to go first. It's a terrible opening uh, salvo. Uh, against uh, Trump. He was indicted today on 34 criminal counts, which sounds like a lot, but as we talked about a little bit yesterday, and, and this, this is something you'll hear a lot about, um, they call it charge stacking when prosecutors try to charge as many things as they can around the same event or series of events. So if you committed fraud on a form, for example. They could make every page of the form a charge. They could make every time you initialed it a charge or signed it a charge. And and, and it sounds overwhelming, and, and the idea is supposed to be to confuse not only the jury but the public into thinking, well, my God, if there's 34 charges, he must have done something. So it's about making him look bad to the potential jury pool uh, and to the public. 34 charges, oh, my gosh, you know, it's like it's Al Capone. Um, but this is really Alvin Bragg trying to throw everything and anything against the wall to make something stick. And remember that Alvin Bragg wasn't sure he had a case when he came into office. His predecessor, who was a very well-respected prosecutor named Cyrus Vance Jr., didn't think this was a case. The FEC in Washington, D.C. didn't think this was a case. But this is where we are now. So he's charged with making... Uh, with committing fraud in the way that he made the $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels. And what they're saying is that the payment was handled in a way so as to defraud the public and defraud uh, the uh, 2016 election because the non-disclosure agreement with Stormy Daniels was to keep Stormy Daniels out of the news cycle in 2016. The problem here is that, I, I, and I, I think you have to, you know, to have fraud, you have to have someone who was defrauded. Who was defrauded? If this is business fraud, who got defrauded? Who lost money or who lost value in these payments? The only guy that's out any money is Donald Trump. If it was a fraud for tax violations, then they would have charged him with tax violations, and maybe they will. But he was charged with falsifying business records in the first degree. And as I said, other entities have already looked into that and not found that interpretation. So you could say that Alvin Bragg is simply a guy that is more audacious, more politically driven, and and maybe is counting on the partisanship of a potential jury in Manhattan, and he may be right to count on them. He may he may get his way with them. Uh, but the indictment is pretty underwhelming. Uh, it's, as I said, it's a stacking of charges, and um, it doesn't have a victim. It doesn't indicate who was defrauded. In saying that the payment was structured to to conceal a crime, it doesn't say what the crime is. It's not a crime to have an affair. It's not a crime to arrange payment 
to someone to keep their the affair uh, silent. I mean, it's not nice, but it's not a crime. I think about Hillary Clinton and her campaign paying for a falsified document that was only intended to affect the 2016 campaign. And I think to myself, now that seems more clearly, I'm not saying it's apples to apples, but that's something where the only reason you're buying it is for the effect it will have on the campaign. Whereas I've heard people say with Trump and Stormy Daniels, he had been paying people and doing these NDA settlements for years before he ran for president. And he probably was doing it to preserve his marriage and to preserve his business brand and because he just was embarrassed. And whereas with Hillary, when she or her people bought that dossier, it had only one purpose. It had only one intended effect. So you look at this and you think, okay, um, it seems kind of underwhelming. Uh, but remember that today is desensitizing the public to the idea of Donald Trump, Republican presidential candidate, being charged with crimes. Now, when it's done in Washington, D.C., and or it's done in Georgia, the public is desensitized. You know, it, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's what's going on. It's, it's, it's what he deserves. But up until today, you always heard, you heard experts on our show, you heard experts on other, other channels say, oh my gosh, this is unprecedented. This has never happened before. It's historic. But after today, it's not. So this breaks the ice. And I guess my question is, as I look at this, because I don't think Donald Trump's an angel, but I also don't think this is a crime. Um, can Donald Trump win the general election in 2024? That's really what I care about. Um, and I look at Joe Biden, and he's the worst president I've ever seen. And he's not even in charge of his presidency. And it's clear that he not only has cognitive issues, but a lack of familiarity with what's being done under his name. So his administration is not only a mess or incompetent, but it's even worse than that. That's that, the, the worst part about Joe Biden's presidency is that we don't really know who's running it. And by contrast, Donald Trump, for all of his faults, was obviously running it. Now, sometimes that wasn't a good thing, because sometimes he didn't have good people. Oftentimes, he didn't have good people. And sometimes he didn't listen to people he should have listened to, or did listen to people he shouldn't have listened to, i.e. Fauci. But he was in charge. He took, obviously took, um, took the job and took it on, head on. And until the pandemic, um, was having a great presidency. But all during his presidency was under this relentless pursuit by people trying to delegitimize his uh, victory and deny him another one. And if it hadn't been for the pandemic, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think he's easily reelected in 2020. The pandemic did two things. It enabled universal mail-in voting and a lot of collusion with big tech and the legacy media to control the way the election was staged, to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, 
The other thing the pandemic did was it made people forget what had been going on with the economy before 2020. I mean, any other president would run on his economic record if he had Trump's record, and and they have run on it. But he couldn't run on it because it was only a memory. all All the achievements were gone. So now the question is, he's way ahead in the polls. He looks like far and away the most likely Republican nominee in 2024. But can he win the election? What do you think? And this will be going on probably leading right up to the election. This trial looks like it won't even start until 2024. What do you think? I guess we have to say this. It was foolish to underestimate Donald Trump in 2016, and a lot of people did it. So it would be foolish to underestimate him now. It was foolish to look at him and the sum total of of all the parts and say, well, this come on, you kidding me? This guy with all this going on? And yet in 2016, there were enough people who believed in what he was saying and looked past what was being said about him. And the question I have for you is, is that the case now? Will people look past what is being said about him and all the rigmarole and all these uh, pursuits? And will they just look and say, well, I remember his presidency. I hear what he's saying now. That's what I want. What do you think? 210-599-5555. Now, there's a lot of other stuff going on today that we will talk about, but I want to start with that. Donald Trump, executives at the publishing company American Media Incorporated, Mr. Cohen, and others agreed in 2015 to a catch-and-kill scheme. That is a scheme to buy and suppress negative information to help Mr. Trump's chance of winning the election. Always beware, a lawyer told me this years ago uh, when we were talking about some other case on the show, he said, always beware of the word scheme. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, when, when the law or lawyers use the word scheme, it means they don't really have a crime. Okay? If you have a crime, you, you cite the law, you cite the crime. Scheme is like, this is dodgy, this is questionable. So every single thing Alvin Bragg just said in that little soundbite might be dodgy and questionable and political and sneaky and it's not a crime. Um, and so to me, as we watch all this, I would just keep in mind that the greatest threat to Donald Trump winning the presidency is none of this stuff. The greatest threat to Donald Trump winning the presidency is Donald Trump. If he could let his lawyers do their job and lay off attacking Ron DeSantis, I don't see anything that stops him. Whether you like that or not, I'm not I'm not endorsing him. I'm just saying that's how it looks to me. He he is still after what I saw today, he is still his own worst enemy. So how do you feel about all this? What are you thinking about it right now up to the moment so far? 210-599-55 55. JP gets us started on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, JP. Well, good morning, Jack. How are you today? Well, it's afternoon, but other than that, I'm doing great. Thank you. <laughs> good, good. Well, my feeling is that uh, I think it's very likely that Trump could win the nomination, but I, no, I do not believe he will win in the general election. Uh, they, they will not allow it, just like they didn't allow it in 2020, and they 
is the establishment and it is every major institution in this country. They will not allow him to win. And, and, and when you uh, say that, do you mean, let me just, let me just jump in. Do you mean structurally he could get the votes, but they won't be counted? Or do you mean that they will make sure he can't even get the votes? I, I, I think it'll be a combination of the two. They will make sure that he cannot get the votes. But, you know, I, I, the Democrats obviously have figured out the, the target districts and states and counties to go into to, to know how to harvest the votes. And I'm not sure the Republicans have figured that out. But, well, why, but why haven't I, the Republicans why haven't the Republicans figured that out, J.P.? I mean, I'm, I'm curious, because, because if you're right, if I you're right, why, why haven't they responded? They've had four years. They control a lot of state legislatures. Why haven't they fixed what was broken? Because they're too they're too slow to play loose. I mean, they're too they're too slow to go into the gray areas. I, I truly believe that that they do try to 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 play by the rules for the most part. I mean, these generalizations. So I, I think I think it's taken them this long to figure out. Hey, we're way behind. And I'm not even sure they'll still pull it off in terms of playing the same way the Democrats do. But can I, I throw one more thing out, Jack? Is I'm, I toy with the idea and call me crazy that the Democrats, there's a group that actually they want that they did this because they know it will help Trump because I think they're afraid of DeSantis. I think they want Trump to get the nomination because that. There is such a thing as the derangement syndrome. I think mm-hmm. having Trump as a candidate mm-hmm. fires their base up to, to the highest levels ever. Plus, I think it keeps some moderate Republicans from voting or voting for mm-hmm. him. So, I, well, not it's, not sure crazy, it's not crazy uh, if it's. Yeah, I mean, if it's crazy, I'm crazy because I've been saying that all along. Yeah. I, they they do want okay. yeah, they do want Trump more than anybody else. Um, well, maybe not more than anybody else. They want Trump more than they want DeSantis. They're more afraid of DeSantis. DeSantis has young energy. He has less baggage. They will still call him all the names. He's worse than Hitler. He's racist. But 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 they know that'll be a harder sell. They know that the American people are clean, have more of a clean slate with DeSantis. Like, oh, let me find out more about. I don't really know much. So what do I need to know? But with with Trump, they've done all the work. They've done all the damage. They've they've writ the script. And um, yeah, that that's who they want. That's the matchup they want. Uh, it's easier on Biden, you know, clearly. Uh, I, I don't think that's crazy to imagine. Um, I, I, I will say this. Um, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for the Republicans or for Team Trump when it comes to election fraud. I, I just don't. I, I, we, we've, we've talked about this ad nauseum. If, if you guys haven't, if you, if you Republicans haven't figured out what you need to do and, and been doing it, then what do you want me to do about it? I mean, I don't want to hear any more complaining about it. If you were caught off guard in 2020, which you, you shouldn't have been, but if you were, okay. There's no way you can even pretend to not know what's coming in 2024. If I know it, and I'm a stupid ex-disc jockey, then you guys that do this political stuff for a living ought to know. And the Republicans ought to be, should have been laser focused on state election laws, on ensuring that that um, there's voter ID. That's, by the way, why tonight there is huge interest in the election for Wisconsin's Supreme Court justice because that that's a case where people know what's really going on. If that election goes to the Democrats, 
there's a good chance the Wisconsin Supreme Court will throw out all the election security provisions that Wisconsin Republicans have fought to put in place. So it's very important to fight this battle at the state level. Not to go to Washington and protest, not to go to Manhattan and protest, not to go to Mar-a-Lago, to, to go to your state capitol and make sure your state's elections have integrity and make sure that Republicans are in a bird's, you know, a catbird seat to watch and observe polling places, the counting of ballots, the uh, how we vote, the ballot harvesting. And I would even say to the Republicans, within legal bounds, you should be doing everything that Democrats are doing. Why aren't you? So I have no sympathy. If they're if they get beaten that way, I'll feel bad for the country. I'll feel bad for my daughter and her generation. But I I, I don't feel bad for the Republicans. Do your job. Stop coming to us and saying it's look at them. It's so unfair. Do your job. Aren't you a political party too? Last time I checked, political parties win, and they do whatever it takes to win. They crawl over their grandmother to win. Uh, law professor uh, William Jacobson, the uh, founder and uh, head contributor at LegalInsurrection.com, uh, joins the show now on the KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line. Professor, I, I, I got to ask you, after so much hype and so much anticipation, and finally the day came and the indictment was unsealed, uh, what did you think? Well, I think that it was bare bones, <laughs> didn't tell us a lot, uh, does not seem to be anything dramatic. It appears, from what we can tell, to be 11 checks, 11 invoices, and 11 ledger entries, and I'm not sure what the 34th was. That gets us to 33. So it appears that they've just piled on a lot of charges that you know each entry they're charging as a separate count in the indictment, mm-hmm. each mm-hmm. check, each invoice. So 34 sounds really bad, but basically, unless there's something on those checks and invoices that hasn't been disclosed, it appears it is what everybody expected. It has to Mm -hmm. do with payments to Michael um, Cohn uh, that he says were to, you know, pay off Stormy Daniels uh, and that there were false entries made on books and records. So there's nothing here that I think really changes what most people, including me, thought before, which is this would never have been brought if it weren't Donald Trump. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. bottom line. Yeah, I mean, we've heard of selective, you know, prosecution, but this is literally like only in one case, only for one guy. What is the, how, how would you make the case for fraud? I, I'm, I find myself wondering, she got paid, uh, Michael Cohen is not any money, um, in fact, she broke the NDA by going public about it. Who was who the victim of the fraud that they are alleging? Well, you know, to have a crime, you don't necessarily have to have a victim. You just have to have conduct that violates the law. So it may not be that anyone was defrauded in the common sense that we think of. But mm-hmm. the allegation is that these false books and record entries, which appear to be three different entries all related to single payments, so we're talking, I think, about 11 payments or 11 checks, uh, that that was done with the intent to violate some other law, and that's how they jerry-rig it into a felony. So it really is shocking that this is what it's come to. Uh, And, you know, 
Uh, I'm somebody who doesn't hesitate to disagree with Donald Trump when it's worth disagreeing, you know, with him. But this does appear to be a political prosecution. It really does. Unless there's some bombshell that comes out at trial that's not in the indictment that hasn't been leaked that nobody knows about. Mm. It, this looks very much like a political prosecution. If you were on his legal team, if you were his lawyer, what would you want him to do right now? Well, I don't think anything he says. I mean, I would tell him, first of all, do not talk about the merits of the case. Don't talk about the check. Don't talk about the invoice. Don't talk about any of those specifics. But I don't think there's anything wrong with him going out there and saying he's been unfairly accused, political mm -hmm. witch hunt, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And he's not, his attorneys aren't going to be able to stop him, okay? So the right. most you can do, you know, is he going to be an unguided rocket or a guided missile? Like I would probably try to guide him a little bit, saying don't talk about the checks, don't call the judge names, don't threaten anybody. But, you know, you're entitled to defend yourself in right, public right. opinion, you know, and there's no gag order. I haven't heard anything about a gag order. So I think that, you know, he will use this to his political advantage. He's already raised, I think it's 8 or 10 or $12 million in just a few days. His polls have skyrocketed after this. I mean, he was a little bit ahead of DeSantis in the polls. Now he's way ahead. We'll see whether that holds yeah. up or not. We'll see what else comes down. But I, I think he's going to make full political advantage of this. And, you know, if he runs away with the nomination, if others don't join or others drop out, I think he has Alvin Bragg to thank for it because it looks like mm -hmm. a very weak prosecution, may not even survive motions to dismiss. There are serious time issue problems. All of these things took place in 2017. There are um, issues as to whether a state, a county prosecutor can, can bring felony charges based on an alleged intent to violate a statute of, under, over which he has no authority, which is federal election laws. And that's the other shocking thing about the indictment. Nowhere in it does it tell us what this other law he was intending to violate mm -hmm. is. So it mm -hmm. just so it's really bare bones. Now, I don't know the practice in New York County, which is Manhattan, New York County, uh, for indictments. But many times, when you when indictments are unsealed, there's a lot of detail in them. There's a lot of fact finding by the grand jury. There's none of that here. So, you know, I this the whole thing is very suspect. I think it's very unfortunate. I think it's meddling in the primaries. And I think Alvin Bragg may have appointed or anointed Donald Trump, the Republican nominee. Mm. And that's not the role of a prosecutor, whether you like that mm. result or you don't. That shouldn't be the role of a prosecutor. I had one other quick question for you. This is kind of an oddball question, but and, and I don't know if you'll you'll know or not. I, I haven't heard anybody explain it. But he added a lawyer to his team named Todd Blanche, uh, and Blanche was with the oldest law firm in New York City, uh, Cadwallader Wickersham, which is also an elite law firm. Blanche had to resign from the law firm to take this case. And I, 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 he even said, obviously, I couldn't do this as a partner in the law firm. Why would you have to leave the law firm to represent Donald Trump? Well, there's unfortunately a long history of law firms being very politicized. Um, and that uh, the most famous case of that 
is King & Spaulding, the largest Atlanta law firm, which was hired by the U.S. House of Representatives to defend the DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act legislation, after the Obama administration dropped the case. They announced the change of position because normally the Department of Justice defends legislation because the Congress doesn't have its own legal department. So the DOJ, as a matter of practice, defends congressional legislation and had been defending it, and Obama decided that they were no longer going to do that. Uh, so the House of Representatives had no lawyer. So they hired King and Spaulding. They hired um, I, I, Paul Clement, who is a very prominent conservative lawyer. Mm -hmm. And the staff and the associates revolted at the law firm, and law schools said they wouldn't allow King and Spaulding to uh, recruit, and groups said they're going to protest not just at King and Spaulding, but they're going to protest outside the offices of King and Spaulding's clients who had nothing to do with this, the biggest of which was Coca-Cola. And so they said, you've got to leave, and he left, and he opened his own law firm. Mm. It happened to him a second time uh, with regard to Second Amendment litigation where he won at the Supreme Court and uh, the firm said you can't do any more of this. So law firms are woke. Law firms are, you know, we don't think of it that way. The old tradition mm. of de rep that even people you disagree with are entitled to representation. Mm -hmm. uh, big law firms are not that way. They're very mm. woke. They are very politicized. And it doesn't shock me that law firms you know, somebody at a major law firm is going to have to leave rather, you know, before they could represent Donald Trump. So I guess he'll be setting up his own law firm after this. Uh, that that That's very interesting. I, I knew there would be an explanation, and I knew you'd be the man to ask. Uh, William Jacobson, read him at LegalInsurrection.com. Uh, professor, always appreciate it. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Um, I got to ask, because uh, I was watching mostly Fox today, but Don Cooper, were they... Were the women on The View giving each other gifts, or how did they celebrate the uh, uh, Trumpmas? Because today is Trumpmas for the for Trump, the left, Trump right? Trumpmas, Trumpmas, Trumpmas. <laughs> well, Whoopi apparently. I, I tuned in. I had I had to. I just had to. And I, I know. I spent a couple of minutes at the beginning of the hour, but apparently uh, Whoopi was apologetic and sorryful that uh, this is happening to a former president, but. Uh, oh. Joy Behar was uh, was in her gleeful uh, emotions and 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 just ha and was was there totally the hug? opposite. Well, not quite a group hug, but they might as well have been. Oh man, because I know I, I I saw a little bit of CNN and MSNBC, and they looked they looked very happy. You mm -hmm. know, they looked and, and I get it, and I get it. Um, but I don't think they're just happy about like the the prospect of stuff happening to Donald Trump. I, I really do believe, as as JP pointed out and other people have pointed out, I really do believe that they're they're trying to construct or choreograph a twenty twenty four election between Trump and Biden. And they're afraid to leave that to to circumstances or events. So they've got to make sure that that's the that's the matchup that's the outcome and um and it means that they're very confident that they can win that matchup and if it was just a question of well we're going to cheat uh and we're going to have mail in voting and we're going to have a new variant and all this other stuff then you could run against anybody you could do that against you could do that against DeSantis you could do that against any republican but they really seem very i feel i feel like 
I feel like if the Republicans somehow nominate someone other than Trump, we will have to take sharp objects away from Morning Joe. I'm serious. Like the, we'll have to do welfare checks because this is they're really, you know what I mean? They're really invested mm-hmm. in this. This is really what they want. They they know he's not going to prison. They just want him to run for president mm-hmm. with people seeing him as a criminal. Mm-hmm. So true. Uh, it, and so, I and I can't think of the anchors. Uh, name Ronald Fan. It was on MSNBC uh, this afternoon. They were they were talking about how how Trump had this glared look at uh, Alvin Bragg in the courtroom. Oh, yeah. They were, yeah. were kind of exposing that and 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 this this intense uh, look that Trump had on his face yeah. uh, as he was staring at uh, yeah. at the DA, which I'm sure was racist. <laughs> Probably so. By the way, remember when people were uh, all uh, over, they were all on DeSantis' back because Jeb Bush uh, had said nice things about DeSantis? Jeb Bush has come out and condemned the indictment of Donald Trump. So now Donald Trump has a Jeb Bush problem, too. Just saying. Uh, 210-599-5555. I really love this story, and we would spend more time on it today if we had more time. But as you probably know, or you may not, um, the men's Final Four basketball championship was last night. But but on Sunday night, the women played for the National Collegiate Championship. And it was between LSU and Iowa, and LSU won. And Jill Biden came out yesterday and said not only does she want LSU to come to the White House, but she wants Iowa to come to the White House, too. Um, she said, I know we'll have the champions come to the White House. We always do. We hope LSU will come. But, you know, I'm going to tell Joe that I think Iowa should come, too. They played such a good game. And people went bananas. In fact, LSU's star player, Angel Reese, uh, tweeted it out with the emojis for a joke. You know, the laughing and crying emoji. Yeah. It's a joke. And it is. That that would be a joke. That would be the biggest participation trophy ever. We're going to invite both teams. And I love it. I love how completely clueless it is. I love how completely tone deaf it is. It is an insult to the winning basketball team. And this was an intense game. There was haunting and jeering. These two teams do not like each other. There was a lot of history leading up to it. If you're a fan of the sport, I won't go into all of it. You know the whole thing with Caitlin Clark. But bottom line, you couldn't be more tone deaf than to, than to issue the invitation of both of these teams. And today, Team Biden has walked it all back. No, 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 we're just inviting... We're just inviting LSU. So I have my hopes up. I, th- <laughs> I really thought they would do participation trophies because that's what we do now, right? I mean, we should be inviting both teams. We should invite all the teams. We should invite every school that has a team. All right. There was a guy that was going to be hired as a school superintendent in Massachusetts. Uh, apparently he had the job or he had the offer, but he was just negotiating the final terms of it. And in an email... To the board, he uh, greeted the or used the salutation, ladies. 
mm-hmm. because the women he was writing, the people he was writing to were women. And they uh, rescinded the job offer, telling him that ladies was offensive and a microaggression. Mm-hmm. Were they ladies? They were ladies. Well, there you go. And and I mean that in the way that we used to mean it back in the olden no, days. No, 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 no. It's the way we still mean it. Well, no, I mean that they're they're actual. They're like technically ladies. You know, they're like I think they're lady equipped. This <laughs> lady equipped. <laughs> Not that I checked, but I'm nice <laughs> I was going to say, well, how'd you know that? Uh, you know, this is something that, you know, societies go through different cycles. This was explained yeah. to me, you know, a decade yeah. ago. Uh, yeah. You go through conservative periods, liberal periods, yeah. and then things always find a way to kind of come back into the middle. Um, I just don't see a lot of evidence in the world I live in that that ladies don't want to refer to as ladies or women. I think it's a I think it's a very fringe few. Yeah, that hold that that viewpoint. How that gets into a school board situation, it, you know, you can scratch your head, I can scratch mine, but mm. this too shall pass. It sounds like he might have dodged a bullet, if you know what I mean. Like how, how maybe so? maybe this wouldn't have been the right job for him. Well, if this is how they are. Oh, I see. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, and this th- is how he is. He this probably isn't the right maybe the right place for him. Yes, yeah, some things happen because they're supposed to. Yeah, no, that I old saying. You. you know, when one door closes. Yeah, eight so, others open, right. and he's probably experienced. It's like Jordan Peterson, you know. Yeah. So from now on, um, when you write an email like that, the proper salutation is "you broads," just so everybody <laughs> knows. Um, two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. But I, I, the reason I reprised this, thank you, Christian. The reason I reprised this was because it was late in the show, and I just wanted to ask because there might be a woman listening. I don't know, maybe. Like, I want to ask a few questions about what's offensive. Like, is ladies offensive? Um, is holding the door offensive? Is, stu- is chivalry offensive? Because I will say, I, I heard what Christian said, and it's true, but I've had the experience a few times in my life of getting a really dirty look, really like, how dare you, you know, full-on Greta, how dare you, when I've like held the door for someone. And we talked about this on the air one time. I said, you know, there's, there are people that think you are insulting their, I don't know, their ability or their physicality or their capability. But, but it, it really, it's, it's just ingrained. Uh, people over a certain, guys over a certain age, we were brought up like this. Now maybe young guys weren't and that you won't have to worry. They won't hold any doors for you. They'll let them slam right in your face. But, uh, but for some of us, I can't not hold the door. I can't. You're going to have to take me out and shoot me because I can't not do it. And the word lady and ladies, like if you walked into a conference room and everyone in there, that is just natural. And if you want to be offended by it or you are offended by it, you might also consider who's saying it. Is the person saying it someone that I think means to offend me? Because that's that's the deal here. We're trying to change the language. We're trying to make words off limits. But really, what we're doing is we're not we're not judging people individually and judging each case individually. So we used to do right. What is this person really up to? I could take any word, any expression, any gesture, and I could show you a way to do it that would be respectful, and I could show you a way to do it that would be leering or sneering. 
So I want to know if you're a woman. I mean, I don't want to know if you're a woman. I'll take your word for it if you say you are. Because these days, you know, I just want to know, is that offensive to you? If, if, if an email is addressed to you and other women, in this case he was writing to, I guess, the, the, the there was like a committee that he was working with on his contract to be the superintendent, and they were all women. There was three of them. So he addressed it, ladies. I could have, I guess he could have said, Mary, Caroline, Jeanette, or dear Ms. blah, 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 blah. But he said, ladies, colon, and then he wrote his, his email. Come on. Help me out here. 210-599-5555. Of course, we're talking about the, uh, the Trump indictment and what's going on with that. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on that in today's JR poll at 210-599-5555. Or if you're already so offended you just can't talk to me, uh, you can vote in the JR poll at ktsa.com. Uh, Curtis is on the radio on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Curtis. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Well, I would like to start off by saying that I am not a lady, but... Okay. Um, but I've never lived outside of Texas, so I'm a product of the South. More importantly, I'm a product yeah. of my grandparents. Yeah. And I was brought up, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, yeah. no, ma'am. Yeah. But oh, I will. But oh. I will. That's another one. Ma'am, yes. And, and that's what I was going to say. Uh, I have had to be very careful uh, in the workplace. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, when I address someone that, that I don't know, like in a store or something like that, instead of saying ma'am, I'll say miss, because I'm so afraid mm-hmm. of offending people. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, and, and this wasn't recently, this was probably 20 years ago, I'll never forget this, I went out to lunch one day with a bunch of coworkers. I was living and working in Austin at the time, and on the way back into the building after lunch, I held the door open for one of my mm. female coworkers, mm. and this was back in the '90s. And she looked at mm. me and she says, "Oh no, that's okay. I'm a I'm a woman of the '90s." And uh, you know, I, I I didn't say anything, <laughs> but but rest assured, I never held the door open for that particular individual. Oh. I can't. But you know, it's it's just just like I'm I'm older now. I'm probably around your age. I'll be fifty nine and. Uh, in May. Yeah, you're older and, than me. You know, guys called me, well, I'm offended now. Guys called yeah. me, uh, golf, guys call me sir all the time. I don't, I don't get wrapped around the axle about it. You know, I, no, I take it as a no. term of, of respect. And, how about, uh, we, just, and how about think, we just hold the door? How about we just hold the door for everybody? All, all, all sexes, all yeah. ages. This is, hold, hold doors for each other and, and just be, you know, when anybody says anything, that seems respectful, even if it's not the word of your choosing, just accept the respect. Just take it as respect. Yeah. yeah. Curtis, thanks for the call. Anyway. I appreciate it. All right, 210-599-5555. Karen is on KTSA. Hi, Karen. Well, Jack, I certainly agree with what you just said. I'm 73 years old, and for someone to hold the door open for me, I would consider it to be an act of kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, How about the word I lady? No How about being called a lady? Does that bother you? Does not bother me at all. I would rather no. be called a lady than something else. Something but, else, yeah. There you go. Well, you know, but I 
don't know what's gone on with, with the world nowadays where it's just such a bad thing to do something like hold the door open and call it isn't. me ma'am. I don't, yeah, I don't take offense to that whatsoever, whatsoever. It, it, I think it's, I think it's, I don't think it's many people, you know, I, I don't think it's many people. And, you know, but the ones that, that do it get the attention. And in this case, the guy didn't get the job, but, uh, now. I don't know. Call, calling them ladies, that's, that seems like he would have had other problems with them down the road. If, if he had taken that you job, know, taught, they would have gotten on him for I something. My, I taught my boys to be polite and do the same no. thing, you know. No. Open the door for someone. It doesn't have to be a female. Just no. open the door Anybody. and let that person go through first. What's the big deal? There you go. I like it. Thank you, Karen. Um, let's see. April. April, good afternoon. Hi, Doug. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Hey. Doing all right. Well, I'm 50, so that tells you my generation. Okay, everybody can my stop daughter. giving their age. Hold on, hold on. Please stop giving your age. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need that. Anyway, what do you care. think about I'm, this? I'm proud of my age. Thank you. I earned it. Um, <laughs> when, my, when my daughter was touring the middle school, there was a group going around, and there were a couple young men that were opening the door for the whole group. And later that afternoon when we had left the school and I was sitting with her talking, I was like, hey, you notice when you, or no, when you start, start thinking that young men look interesting, pay attention to the ones that hold the door. They mm. were raised with manners. Mm. And I saw this look on her face like, hmm, logged and noted. So yeah. her fiancé that has been accepted and approved, hold the doors. We'll keep there it. There you go. There you go. It's a good, it's a good early indicator. Uh, when you got to weed them out and figure out who's uh, worth taking a closer look at. Thank you, April. Uh, Valerie on the Jack Riccardi Show on KTSA. Hi, Hi Valerie. Hi, how are you? So um, I do have a problem with, I, I didn't catch the entire story, but I'm assuming it was an email to females, yes. correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. I don't, I don't, I would not want to be a dress lady. I don't why know not? why. I don't know why it just kind of rose me the wrong way. It's a little condescending, even if it's a female, because I've had those types of emails before. And don't ask me why, but mm. I wouldn't be comfortable with that. On the other hand, with the door opening and holding the door, I appreciate mm. that when a man is, is, you know, he's walking ahead, or even a female. Right. You Anyone, know, yeah. Anyone. Right, that's great, but. I don't, I don't now let me ask you this: when you hear uh, when you hear like a master of ceremonies say "ladies and gentlemen," does that bother you? Different. No, not at all. But not in not in an email to me saying, "I don't know." I just don't. I don't care for that. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I don't care for it. And I would appreciate. Mm -hmm. But how would I know that, say, Valerie? If I was if I was up for a job and I'm interviewing with your board and I don't know you and you haven't told me this. How I mean, wouldn't it be better to just correct it than to say, "Well, we don't want you now." Well, I mean, or or there's other other uh, ways to open an email, you know, to whom it may concern, or. Um, well, but you're dodging my question, which is, it, it, even if it's not your preferred form of address, is it? Can you not just sort of? You seem like a reasonable person. Couldn't you just sort of absorb it and go? Well, it's not my favorite word, but. I, I can I can take it. I can survive it. Oh yeah, I would. I definitely wouldn't hold that against someone as far as employment. And I, like I said, I just I just got in the car and I'm driving home. And I you know I didn't, right. I didn't hear. Right. But I mean, it just seems like but, it's one thing to say I don't prefer the term. It's something else to say if you use it, uh, you're out in your ear. You know that seems yeah, that seems excessive. I, 
Yeah, and I, I really would not like that on a daily basis. You know, whether you know, mm-hmm. I know I'm a lady. I'm a normal female. And, mm-hmm. and if you're addressing us, uh, actually we have a uh, someone in our leadership chain that if he was to do that, I would be very offended. So um, I don't know. I I don't know what it is, uh, but um, I just, you know, I think there's other ways to get around that. But to hold that against someone in an interview, and I do a lot of interviewing and things like that, and I've received the the thank you letters and all that, you know, after the interview, that that wouldn't be a deal breaker. But just to address someone, especially if you know who they are, um, yeah, I I prepare for the term. So it's just just a personal angst for me. So. All right. Thank you, Valerie. Appreciate that. Um, Notice I used her name. I didn't say thanks, lady. A man named Vito Perone was uh, offered the position of superintendent of schools in East Hampton, Massachusetts. In the days that followed, uh, he was negotiating the final pay and benefits package, but he had the offer. They wanted him. And he says um, they rescinded the offer after he sent an email to the committee that that he was negotiating with uh, where he addressed the uh, three women in the email as ladies. The chairperson of the committee, Cynthia Kwasinski, told him that using ladies as a greeting was hostile and derogatory, and the fact that he didn't know that as an educator was a problem. This, by the way, was a guy that had been a football coach and principal in the district and then had gone to some other place to work and wanted to come back and be the superintendent and said it was his dream job, but he used the word lady, ladies. And Samantha is on KTSA. Hi, Samantha. Hey, Jack. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. So what about the word lady and ladies? So I'm totally not offended by the word lady. Um probably of a little bit younger generation. Um, I don't mind it. I feel like it is a term of, of respect. You know, it's it, and it goes both ways, right? I have used the word when I'm addressing, I'm in the military, so a lot of my emails have to be a certain, you know, format or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'll use even the words gentleman when I'm addressing, mm-hmm. uh, a, you know, several or a few men within it but i've never been told that it was disrespectful because i i I see it Um, my perspective is it's a sign of respect so yeah it it kind of sounds to me like if you're a i mean i put ladies and gentlemen on the same level like those to me are i do equal (laughs) equal so I, i don't know any guy in any circumstance that would be offended at being called a gentleman or referred to as gentlemen or, hey, gentlemen, your table is ready. So if you're a woman and that offends you, I feel like the problem might be with you, not with the with the word. Absolutely. And this is why women in general have the stereotype as, as us being emotional and not being able to emotionally control ourselves. And I, you know, it, that in and, of, in and of itself offends me because I am a very emotionally controlled person yeah. and I yeah. don't lead by feelings. I lead by logic. And it, to me, my logic tells me that I'm a lady, right? Yeah. Just makes sense. So <laughs> yeah, yeah it makes sense to me to hear something like that as well. So yeah. Thank you, Samantha. Appreciate it. 
Appreciate having yeah. you. Uh, appreciate you calling the show. Susan is on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Susan. Hi, Jack. I'd say that you and Samantha kind of like took the words right out of my mouth. It's like singular or plural. How well do you know the person? Mm-hmm. You know, I receive emails from people and they'll say, hi, all, but we all know each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. These, this wasn't one singular person. There were three, three women. Right. And what's the proper form of address? Ladies. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's so many ways you could do it, but I don't think this one is wrong. Uh, and, it, and it's not, it, it, obviously the guy's trying to get no. hired. Why would he be? Why would he be trying to offend them? He's trying to get a job. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And if they were at a restaurant waiting for their table, and the server came up and said, "Ladies, your table is ready," would they have stormed out, not eaten there? I don't think so. Evidently. And did they give him permission to use their names? You know. Well, I don't know. I I assume he knew their names because he had been dealing with them. People don't. Yeah, but people don't think about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Unless you've given someone leave to use your name, how are mm-hmm. you to be addressed? Mm-hmm. As you had mm-hmm. asked one of the previous callers. Yeah. I don't know. I and feel like right. uh, I, I, th- I think he- 99% of people can handle this, but he had the bad luck to run into yes. the 1% that can't. Yes. Good thing you so. didn't sign a contract. There, that's right. Go work somewhere else. Don't work for those people. Those, excuse me, ladies. Got some devastating news about our conversation yesterday regarding Bud Light. Uh, this is going to... This is going to hit you hard when you hear this, but uh, it's an update on the Bud Light politically correct story. Um, what else do we have? Well, of course, big story today, the uh, unsealing of the indictment, the arraignment of former President Donald Trump. We've been talking about that, 210-599-5555. And joining the show to talk about that is constitutional law professor Bill Pyatt from St. Mary's University School of Law. Professor, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Jack. Thank you for having me on. So now that uh, the cat's out of the bag, um, what what kind of strikes you in terms of the uh, the thirty four counts or the the way this all went? Okay, the first thing that strikes me is the cat is only partially out of the bag because the thirty four counts leave vagueness. They talk about falsifying business records to defraud and commit another felony, but they don't identify the other felony. So right now, mm-hmm. uh, Donald Trump cannot, and his attorneys cannot defend that. I understand that under New York law, within a couple of weeks, the DA has to file a bill of particulars, and that oh. will let us know what law it is that was supposedly the other felony that uh, Donald Trump committed by the falsification of the business records. So what you're saying uh, is that announcement would be actually kind of a bigger deal than today. I think so. Uh, we do know that there were 34 felony counts in the indictment, which was leaked. Uh, so the other thing that strikes me is it's a felony in New York to review mm-hmm. proceedings before the grand jury. And I, yep. I doubt that there's going to be an investigation into who did that or a prosecution. But just, just looking at this, that, that's something else that strikes me. Yeah, um, yeah Yahoo News I, had that yesterday evening. And, I mean, how, how the hell did they get it? Yep. Unless they're clairvoyant. But uh, it looks like someone in the in the DA's office or someone who had seen the indictment and it wasn't the president or his attorneys mm-hmm. someone had revealed that um, let's see you just asked me about things that struck me well the other thing that strikes me is that just looking at these counts 
many of them occurred on the same date. For example, counts one through four all allegedly took place on February 14th. And it sounds like what the district attorney is, has charged as individual crimes each aspect of the transaction, writing a check, bank, writing it into your ledger, bank, handing it to somebody, bank. The duplicity of the charges undoubtedly are going to be a, going to be challenged uh, by the defense. Uh, under New York practice, under the Constitution, they're, they're charging, it looks like, again, we don't know because we don't know what the, what the felonies are that they're mm-hmm. alleging he's committed. looks like they're taking one act and try to stretch it into multiple crimes. And I think at a minimum, those that occurred on the same day are going to be compacted into one. That That's my guess. And I'm assuming you do that because it fools the public and the potential jury pool into thinking, oh, my gosh, 34 charges. Uh, he must have done something wrong. Well, it sounds like it sounds like the overcharging that would not be allowed, flat out wouldn't be allowed in the federal system. Um, and is probably discouraged in the state of New York, although I'm not licensed in New York, so I can't say that for sure. But I just know that in general, prosecutors are supposed to be ministers of justice. They are not charged with the obligation to convict people of crimes. They are supposed to be doing justice. And that means that they have to also watch out for the rights of the defendants. They can't bring a criminal prosecution unless they have probable cause. They've got to reveal any exculpatory evidence. And just flipping to another topic, this notion of a gag order. So I listened carefully to what the prosecutor said. And he is bordering, although there's no formal gag order entered by the judge, attorneys have to comply with the rules of ethics. And again, I'm not licensed in New York, but just in general, prosecutors are not supposed to be talking about evidence. And the DA alluded that there's more evidence. He talked about more evidence. He's not supposed to be offering his opinion as to defendant's guilt, which I don't think he did today. But even in the absence of a gag order, there are restrictions on the prosecutors that don't exist regarding defense counsel or the defendants themselves. Is it going to be a problem, or is it something they can work around that they are um, apparently, we think, um, trying to uh, say that the hush money payments and the way they were made were illegal campaign contributions and were violations of state campaign finance law. But from what I've read, federal campaign finance law uh, supersedes state law. And can you really combine or marry up the transactions under New York state law with an alleged or speculative violation of federal campaign law? Well, we're going to see, but ordinarily DAs, uh, local DAs, state DAs don't have jurisdiction to prosecute federal crimes. Uh, The DA would have the power to prosecute a state crime, but he has to show, okay, first of all, Donald Trump is innocent unless and until proven guilty, and the state has to prove each and every element of each and every crime at a trial and have a jury verdict rendered before the defendant would be convicted. The defendant has a right to know what it is that he's being charged with so he can defend. So right now, we don't know what these felonies are. They could be what you suggest, the state uh, election laws. But we don't know that for sure. And the other difficulty with that is the state election law, if Donald Trump was alleged to conspire to, to violate those laws, in a criminal prosecution, he would have the presumption of innocence and the state would have to prove each and every element of the crime beyond a reasonable doubt. 
it looks like the state is trying to finesse that by saying, well, he falsified the business records and his intent was to commit another felony. So therefore, we don't really have to prove the other felony. We just have to prove that he intended to commit Mm -hmm. the felony. I think there's some real due process problems with that approach. But the judge is going to entertain, I'm sure, some very detailed and sophisticated motions to dismiss. Uh, I think the judge set out a scheduling order uh, giving the Trump attorneys until August to prepare their motions, then a response by the prosecution. And then I think he said he would announce in December, December 4th, he'll have a hearing on any of the motions to dismiss. The case might go away then. Um, If it doesn't go away, then it's set for a trial. And then the prosecution has to prove each and every element beyond a reasonable doubt. If there's a uh, finding of not, not guilty, that's the end of it. The state can't bring any additional charges. If the finding is guilt, then there would be sentencing, but there would be appeals, undoubtedly renewing all the, the material that's going to be cited in the motions to dismiss, plus mm-hmm. any things that happen at the trial. And, and I mean, I heard today that this would not even go to trial in New York until next year. That's what I understand. Uh, so this is a very this is a much longer thing than I think perhaps many people thought. Not to mention, as you and I have talked about before, there are other um, grand juries and other potential charges coming down the road in Washington D.C. and Georgia. You hear a lot of people say, Professor, the the phrase "no one is above the law." That's a very common sort of pious statement made usually by people that want to see this go forward. But um, doesn't there need to be a clear crime that we could all easily, when we heard it, understand is a crime in order to charge a candidate of the opposing political party with a crime? I mean, I, I hear what you're saying about could, could, would, maybe, it's possible you could attach this to that and put, you know, tab A into slot B, but... When we're talking about somebody who's running for president in the opposing political party of the DA, of the incumbent administration, doesn't it have to be a clear crime? Well, yes, and you add to that the bias of the prosecutor who campaigned on a theory of convicting mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think we all agree. Nobody's above the law. But everybody is entitled to the equal protection of the laws. And that mm-hmm. means you can't seek out a target just because he's a political opponent, and bring a criminal prosecution. So the flip side of that is nobody is above the law, nobody is beneath the law. He is entitled to every due process and equal protection guarantee there is without speaking to guilt or innocence, just the process that the state has to undergo. All right. I get a, I get a little more legal education every time you come on, and I do appreciate the time. Professor Bill Pyatt, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. I am a little mad, though. I'm a little let down. I work hard. I will watch a lot of stuff. I read a lot of stuff. I'm trying to keep you up to date. I know you got a busy life and you're, you're driving right now and you've got to get home. And so I can't believe, I can't believe that no one told me what happened Sunday night. I can't be everywhere. I can't watch everything. I did watch the basketball game, the women's basketball game on, on Sunday night. I did not watch the Country Music Awards. I did not watch them because I was doing something else, and also I hate award shows. So in all honesty, I wouldn't have watched them even if I'd had nothing else to do. But I can't believe no one told me what happened at the CMAs. You know, they were in Austin this year. 
the CMAs, Country Music Awards, opened up with um, a singer named Kelsey. Is it Kelsey Ballerini, Don? Ballerina? Ballerini? Ballerini. Okay. Kelsey Ballerini opened the CMAs with this little monologue, cut number six. On March 27th, 2023, three nine-year-olds, Evelyn Dickhouse, William Kinney, and Hallie Scruggs, along with Dr. Katherine Kuntz, Cynthia Peake, and Mike Hill, walked into the Covenant School and didn't walk out. The community of sorrow over this and the 130 mass shootings in the U.S. this year alone stretches from coast to coast. Tonight's broadcast is dedicated to the ever-growing list of families, friends, survivors, witnesses, and responders whose lives continue to forever be changed by gun violence. I pray deeply that the closeness and the community that we feel through the next few hours of music can soon turn into action like real action that moves us forward together to create change for the safety of our kids and our loved ones. They are relentless. They will, they will get in your face. They will go anywhere, everywhere. People tuning in. I think it was on CBS. Just want to see the country music show? Nope. But then, but then wait, it gets better. They go right from that into a drag show. They had performers from the RuPaul's Drag Race show. Which, when you think of country music, I don't know about you, I think of RuPaul. I mean, automatically. Um, and they did a drag performance of, if you go down, I'm going down too. Um, am I the only one thinking that a drag show, right after you've asked everyone to feel about the Nashville killings, which were done by... A trans person it is are you out of your minds? Are you crazy? What is wrong with you? And spare me the why do you hate drag queens? I don't I don't hate drag queens, I don't hate drag shows, I don't go to them, but I don't hate them. Drag it up, drag it out, drag yourself up. I don't care. But but honest to God, you are gonna give me a lecture about how we need to care and feel and and then you're gonna do this? At the CMAs, there were all kinds of responses on Twitter. Uh, some people started renaming um, country music songs. It was pretty funny, some of them. Mamas don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Babies is the word for when you let your kid figure out their gender, you don't assign them one. All my exes changed their sexes. Uh, man is really a woman. I feel like a 300-pound woman with a mustache. He stopped loving they, them today. <laughs> she do like that one. 
I beg your pardon. I was educated by Randy Weingarten. That's a good one. I got friends in safe spaces. There's a ton of them. I don't know. I mean, I'm just... I, I can't believe no one told me that this happened. I Oh, it's the CMT. Lloyd says it's the CMT Awards, not the CMA Awards. Okay. In, in any event, I'm counting on you. you got to be my eyes and ears for this. I can't watch every channel. And Don, you didn't even watch them. And I, usually you're, you're a country music guy. I, I passed on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks a lot. I guess had I watched them, I would have told you. But. You know, The View isn't on on Sunday night, Don. No, you could have no, watched it. No, no. I know The View. I understand you in The View. But, yeah, no. Um, I just, did no one say to them, hey, wait a minute, guys, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe a trans performance is not really where we want to go here at this particular juncture and moment. Just, just a, just spitballing some ideas. No. It's relentless. You can, you can try to sit out the culture war, but the culture war always comes to find you wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I got to go on YouTube now because I, I got to see this drag show. Oh, they, you should, oh, you I, should see I have to at least it. <laughs> This is not the country music world of, you know, Minnie Pearl and Tammy Wynette and George Jones and George Strait. And, no. Something tells me they did not wear hats. I do not understand. I, I, I'm not a country music. I'm not a fan. I always say I'm not a fan of country music. I'm really not a fan of modern country music. Give me the, give me the classic country stuff. I'm good with that. But, yeah, modern country music is, well, it's, this is what it is. Uh, what do you think about, how do you feel about the indictment of President Trump today? Um, does it look like a solid case? Uh, should he be worried? Uh, is this going to derail him politically? Is it underwhelming? Did it not live up to the hype that it received? Almost nothing lives up to the hype, right? Uh, I, I'm really fascinated, though, by what Trump's adversaries and haters think they are doing because let's be honest um you know he he lost in 2020 but as i as i mentioned earlier he lost because of a combination of an unprecedented event in an election year and an unprecedented process for holding an election we threw everything out the window and I'm not saying he had to lose under those circumstances, but if you look at the first three years of his presidency, the successes, the approval of it, um, he would have been a shoe-in for re-election. So you set that aside, and you realize that a lot of people have underestimated or misunderstood not only Donald Trump, but more importantly, you and me and the people that voted for him. And I wonder if they're doing it again. You know, I've been saying that a lot of high-ranking Democrats, and for that matter, Democrats in the media, and, and, and for that matter, even some elite establishment Republicans, seem to be wanting Trump to be the GOP nominee. Because, it seems to me, they're sure they can beat him again. They even say it. We did it before. We can do it again. The implication being that they're not so sure they have a path to victory if they have to run against somebody else. And now Politico is confirming this pretty much. 
I guess I shouldn't say confirming it, but they're they're adding fuel to the fire. Politico story says in part, uh, this is about um, the voters who went for Trump in 2016 and then didn't vote for him in 2020. Biden advisors are confident that those swing voters are now permanently out of Trump's reach, according to four senior people. They have a difficult time imagining, this is Politico.com, they have a difficult time imagining that a voter who went for Trump in 2016 but not in 2020 would return to cast their ballot for the former president after the January 6th insurrection, several criminal investigations, and years of election denialism. Quote, what, possib- what possibly would you like about what Trump has done since Election Day 2020, one Biden aide mused? By the way, I guess if you're trying to um, cook up or concoct or put a finger on the scale of the other party's nominating process, would that be election interference? I'm just asking for a friend. Um, but you know, there was a lot of this in the in the midterms. Remember how the uh, remember how the Democrats and their PACs were giving money to like the wildest, craziest Republicans in a primary field so that they could then win or retain that seat for a Democrat? Uh, Are they doing that, or do they think they are doing that with the presidential race in 2024? And I said at the time that if you're doing that, if you're willing to risk the possibility of electing someone you think is nuts or dangerous for the country, then you don't really care about the country. You're not a serious person. You're just a scoreboard person. And a lot of politics is just scoreboard, let's be honest. But I also think it's possible that Republicans, I'm sorry, Democrats are maybe not calculating this right. Like, I I do believe there were people who voted for Trump before and have changed their mind about him. I hear it all the time. I, I do believe there are people that are disappointed in him about January 6th or just fatigued with his incessant pettiness. I I think there are people that are turned off by the attacks on Ron DeSantis, who, if you're a conservative, you recognize as a legitimate, authentic conservative leader. By the way, Ron DeSantis has always been a conservative. But Donald Trump hasn't always been the darling of conservatives. He did some good work for conservatives starting in 2016, but you couldn't have said that about him before 2016. You wouldn't have. You'd have been crazy. So I I, I get that there's all those factors and those all work against Trump. But is what they're doing now possibly restoring some of that? And here's what I mean. Let's say you're somebody that has kind of gotten, you know, I've had my fill of him, or he had a good run, but now I want to move on. I want somebody else. It's time for somebody else. But then you see all this, and it speaks to you in a very personal way. And it's not that you're worried about Donald Trump. He'll be just fine. But it offends you, and, and it affects you to see the legal system, the judicial system, the crown jewel of our Constitution, 
weaponized against one person. And it's not weaponized against one party. It's not weaponized against a kind of person or a class of people or a race of people. It's weaponized against one person. How many times have you heard somebody say, there's no way you'd prosecute this if it was anyone else? That is quite a statement. So maybe it's obvious to the pundits and the Democrats, and maybe they're smarter than me, but I'm not sure they're right about this. I'm not sure they're right that this is the way you stop Trump. And they're also, to me, signaling really clearly that they are worried about a general election that he's not in. Now, I'm just speculating, and there's no right or wrong answer, but I'd like to know what you think. 210-599-5555. We're going to talk about that. There's also news today about the Chinese spy balloon. We're going to talk about that. Um, I mentioned uh, there's kind of a, I guess, a little bit of bad news about Bud Light. I know everybody got all, we got all excited yesterday. How many people swore they weren't going to drink Bud Light? How many people were pouring out their Bud Light cans last night after the show? Anheuser-Busch has announced that the Dylan Mulvaney can was a one-off gift for Dylan Mulvaney and that everyone misunderstood it as the rollout of a new commemorative can, like when they do, you know, the holiday edition of the can or the can for the Super Bowl. There are no Dylan, you can't go to like pick and pack and get Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light or not get it as the case may be. They're not making the cans for sale. So they sent Dylan a can, but, uh, it turns out you can't buy it or you won't be able to buy it. Um, I have the feeling it's probably too late for Bud Light. <laughs> Anybody that was, that was upset at that probably is still going to be upset. Just remember, Dylan Mulvaney is not a real woman, and Bud Light is not real beer, so they belong together. But, yeah, people got very excited about that. When you watch the, the, the tweet that, that yeah. he, she yeah. sent out, it looked like he had, like, several six-packs of these uh uh, they they apparently life. sent Dylan a lot of beer, mm-hmm. but apparently there's not going to be uh can, they're not mass producing the cans. Well, so hi, but that impressive you know. carrying skills, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but you know, in a way, they're almost this is almost more weaselly. Like just own it. If you're going to do Dylan Mulvaney cans, do Dylan Mulvaney cans. You know, go in, go all in. Come on, Bud Light, have some guts. I was going to say grow a pair, but you can't say that anymore. I mean, you, you, you don't, you don't step up to the line like this and then just tiptoe one little teeny tiny toe over the, uh, oh, no, we didn't really mean, we're not really going to do it. That's almost worse than anything, you know? Shame on them. Shame on them for not recognizing Dylan Mulvaney with cans in every store in America. All right, 210-599-5555. 55, talking about the uh, Trump indictment, uh, real beer, fake women, Chinese spy balloons, and more. And uh, Suzanne is on KTSA. Suzanne, good evening. Jack, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? 
Not too bad. I was uh, listening to your show, and I was thinking about this. I mean, it's it's terrible that it's happening, but maybe people will become a little more enlightened to the fact, you know, that prosecutors have way too much power. Um, you know, maybe some of the Democrats will see that when it, you know, slaps them back in the face. Um, you know, with, with regards to, like I said, they have way too much power. They're able to charge who they want, when they want. They can, mm-hmm. you know, do one thing with somebody and something totally different. Um, you know, I think that uh, Bragg is just trying to get his, I don't know, 15 minutes of fame, in my opinion. I think it's ridiculous, and I think that it's going to end up biting him in the butt later on. Um, I, you know, I, I like what you're saying, Suzanne, it. but let me let me ask you this. I, I think you're right about waking people up, but don't you think Democrats just assume that Republicans would never do this when the tables are turned and when the day comes that they're in power, they would never, they would not do this. They would not play it this way. Well, you know, I, I think that they assume that because, you know, our trend, Republicans has been, you know, being the, the good guy, you know, trying to play things, trying to do things with integrity. But, you know, when you really get down to it, I mean, the Republicans are going to have to play a little dirty, uh, not as dirty as the Democrats, but, you know, we need to get on the ball uh, to show them, hey, what's good for the goose is good for the gather. Mm-hmm. I, I hear what you're saying, and, and Suzanne, thank you for the call. I just, I don't think, and, and it may be that we're talking about two different kinds of Republicans, like, Maybe, maybe, maybe what I'm referring to is like, you know, the Jeb Republicans, but the Jeb Republicans won't ever, they'll never do this. There's, there's no one in their ranks that will do this. Now, maybe, maybe the Trump Republicans are, are different. And, and, and if so, then the people that are predicting, oh, we're a banana republic now. And, uh, this is going to be the beginning of perverting prosecution against one's political enemies. You know, that's what people mean when they say banana republic. They're not talking about Trump. They're saying, oh, this is going to be the new normal. We're going to be doing this every election. And in fact, there is a history in our country. It is not unprecedented that a political establishment would weaponize the law and go after uh, one's critics. And and I'll take an example that I know he's a, a giant in American political history, and I, I I respect him in a lot of ways. But FDR or at least FDR's team, went after, when they when they started the New Deal, and we're talking now about the early and mid-30s, they went after Republican critics, up to and including this kind of BS prosecution. They identified prominent Wealthy Republicans, including ones that had served in preceding Republican administrations, so not former Republican presidents, but certainly cabinet secretaries, advisors, et cetera, et cetera, and they went after them. So there's a history of this. But I think, and time will tell, the Democrats assume that they are the only ones that will ever behave this way or weaponize things. If they really thought, hey, this could be turned against us, I think they would think twice, but they're not thinking twice, are they? They're not hesitating, are they? That tells you what they think of the Republicans, and we'll see if they're right or wrong. Uh, Ernest is on KTSA. Hi, Ernest. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Yep, yes, sir. Well, I have a comment. Uh, uh, 
regardless of what party you uh, you uh, you belong to, or uh, you people should be upset at what what's happening because this time they picked Donald. Uh, next time it could be me or you. No, Donald has money. He's got lawyers. Me and me, well, at least me, I can't afford to. Somebody has, because it's like they pick the person and then pick the person and then find the crime later. Right. You know, right. Uh, so everybody, regardless of what party you belong to, should be pissed off about that. Should I agree. Be okay with it. I agree. Uh, and I, and I also think that they're so afraid of Donald because they know he will win. Uh, they know he if he runs, he will win unless there's some uh, you know some funky business going on behind back. Doors. But you know, Ernest, what you just said, what you just said is what he should be saying. He should not make this about him. He should not take on the poor Miho tone because no one feels sorry for a billionaire. I mean, we just don't. There's just no way. He should unrelentingly say, yes, if it could happen to me. It could happen to you. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, but we do need a rep- we need to go back to the Republicans. Uh, uh, we have R- R- Donald is great. Uh, so is Ron DeSantis. We have a whole stable of guys that are uh, that 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 are very qualified to be president and do a good job. Well, it, it won't it won't matter, Ernest, if they don't get involved in how the election is conducted and how the votes are counted. They can be great guys, and it won't matter. They got to yeah, start well, taking yeah. an interest in the nitty gritty of elections because if they don't, if they're too good for that, and they've acted so far like they're too good for that, they're going to get they're going to get their hands you know their their butt handed to them every time. Uh, but I like what you said. I think you're, I think your 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 message is talk to the American people about why this is a threat to them, not to to me, Donald Trump. I don't know if he can do that, but I think that would, I think he should take Ernest's advice. 210 599 Speaking of, uh, fake beer and fake women, I, I want to play this for you. This kind of out of left field. There's a new prime minister in New Zealand. And he was asked at a news conference to define a woman. Which, by the way, nowadays you should be expect. Like, I don't care who you are. If you're Ron DeSantis, if you're anybody running for office, you better be ready for that question. You better have an answer for it. How do you define a woman? Here is the Prime Minister of New Zealand trying to answer that question and failing miserably. Cut number four. Um, I just wanted to ask you, uh, given comments by Keir Starmer in Britain, how do you and how does this government define a woman? Um. <laughs> I, to be honest, Sean, that's, that, that question's come slightly out of left field for, for me. Um, the, well, biology, sex, gender, um, people define themselves, people define their own genders. Keir Starmer has said that he believes 99.9% of women do not have penises. And I know it's a strange thing for him to say, but given recent events in New Zealand, I'd ask again, how do you define Try again. what a woman is? Well, as I, I think as I've just indicated, I wasn't expecting that question, so it's not something that I've, um, you know, formulated, pre-formulated an answer on. But um, in terms of gender identity, I think people define their gender identity for themselves. Uh, I, I, you know, first of all, where's this dude been? I wasn't expecting that question. 
I'm sorry, have you been in a coma for 20 years or what? Secondly, he comes out with a bunch of words, right? Six, gender, uh, butter putts. But, but I mean, those are just words. What's the answer? And I'm not even, I wouldn't have even minded if he gave an answer that I didn't agree with. But dude can't even answer. What happened in New Zealand and Australia? They were, like during World War II, they were our stalwart allies. I remember my dad talking about how these, these, these people fought and they were, they were resourceful and courageous and he, he came away from that serving in the Pacific. He came away from that experience just very impressed with the people of Australia and New Zealand. What has happened? Just can't, I can't, I wasn't prepared for that question. Okay, so make sure nothing happens while you're prime minister that you're not completely rehearsed. I'm in a quicksand and I'm starting to sing. I need someone to help me, but I don't know which way to turn. I know I don't have much of a choice. I'll go out of my mind. Or into the night. All right, as I mentioned earlier, um, President Trump. Uh, we'll be speaking from Florida uh, next hour, and we're going to bring you that here on KTSA, and we're going to stay on the air. Uh, this show will continue into the 7 o'clock hour till that gets underway. We'll bring you his remarks, or if it's a news conference, uh, it could be one or the other or both, and then we will join Lars in progress uh, after uh, former President Trump. But we'll be on till that uh, till that happens. Um Coming up this half hour, we'll have the results on the JR poll question. Uh, is the case solid or underwhelming now that you've heard about it or what you've heard about it? How are you feeling about it? 210-599-5555. So Bud Light is chickening out on the Dylan Mulvaney thing, but they're still, they're still facing threats of boycotts and everybody's angry at them. This was interesting. Um, there is reporting today. On the, we still don't have the manifesto, but there's more details being reported on the uh, killer in Nashville. And I noticed that they're talking about um, what they found in the house and stuff that was left behind. I want to read this CNN story and see if you notice what I noticed when I was reading it. So this is CNN.com. Uh, article that was posted uh, this afternoon. Uh, headline is, Suicide Note and Weapons Found When Police Searched the Nashville Shooter's Home. Listen to this. You'll, 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 you'll pick up the pattern here. Investigators found a suicide note when they executed a search warrant at the home of the shooter who killed six people at a Nashville school last week, along with more weapons and ammunition. The search warrant and the list of items found were released Tuesday, just over a week after the shooter, former student Audrey Hale, opened fire at the Covenant School, killing three nine-year-olds and three adults. The warrant, executed the same day as the shooting, shows authorities also found several Covenant School yearbooks and a school photo. In addition to the shooter's journals, some of the journals are being described as being related to school shootings, firearm courses, the list indicates. Hale, who police said was under care for an emotional disorder, had legally purchased seven firearms and hidden them at home, Metropolitan Nashville Police Chief John Drake previously said. Hale was, they keep using the name, 
Hale was armed with three firearms during the attack, which ended after Nashville police arrived on the scene and confronted the shooter. So it's always Hale or the shooter. Two officers opened fire, a moment captured in body cam footage later released by police, and killed Hale at 10.27 a.m., 14 minutes after the shooter entered the... They are twisting themselves into pretzels to not use any pronouns. This far into any story, any article, you would by now have sprinkled a couple of he's or she's, right? But see, they're so afraid that if they gender the shooter by the gender preferred by the shooter, that will look like they're showing deference to the shooter. And if they misgender the shooter... Then they'll be accused of, you know, dead naming and misgendering. So they're so afraid that they write this entire torturous article, never using a pronoun. I could read you the whole thing. There's no pronouns. And that's just not natural. That's just not normally. I mean, that's not what the AP style book would have you do. And. It's fascinating to me. It's like the thing we were talking about with ladies, the email with ladies. You know and I know that there's very, 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 very few people for whom this is the issue. But we have tied ourselves into knots. And we've, we've literally made it hard to talk Hard to, hard to relate the news or explain something or just convert because of, of, of the, oh, well, I, what's the proper, I, can we, should we, can you say, but, I mean, I, I, I'm not hating anybody, but we don't have to be held hostage like this. There's no need. It's not helping anybody. You know, the people that claim to speak for actual transgender people were not elected to that job. The transgenders didn't have, like, an election. They're self-appointed. And most of them are whacked out, to use a technical term. It's the same thing with LGB people. Their spokespeople are self-appointed. It's the same thing with black people. The, the people that speak for the community are self-appointed. They weren't elected. They weren't chosen. They weren't, they weren't, uh, you know, chosen for their, for their, for the perfection of their representation and their, the, the excellence of their, uh, use of the language and how representative they are. No. They're just good at getting on the news. And like dummies, we in the media turn to them. Oh, let's get a comment. There's no need for it. And we've seen this. This has been around for years. 210-599-5555. The article goes on and on. No, no pro, It's probably the longest thing that's ever been written in the English language with no pronouns in it at all. LaDonna is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Hi, LaDonna. Hey, Jack. I did want to say, just like you, I, I'm not hating on anybody. However... I am glad that at least they're criminalizing and referring to her as the shooter, because to me, I felt like in the first 
couple of days, they weren't even trying to, she was the victim in the situation because she was transgender and she was having issues. So I'm glad that they're at least admitting that she mm-hmm. was the shooter, quote unquote. Yeah, we made progress. And yeah. she was suffering from mental issues. So at least there's that. Have a good night. Thank you, LaDonna. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I, I, there are there are people, there have been people that have uh, tried to count Audrey Hale as a victim, which is, I don't even know how to, I don't even know where to begin with that. I, I, it's That's obscene, really. I mean, I, I guess I would just say to you, if that's your if that's your take, if that's your hot take on Nashville, I dare you to go to the mother or father of one of those nine year olds and explain to them the victimhood of Audrey Hale. Don't don't waste your time with me, but please explain it to them. I I, I would love to see that. Here's a dad uh, in Oregon who is in front of his school board, and this, by the way, it, it just these get weirder and weirder. Apparently, her his uh, daughter's class was given an assi- a writing assignment um, in which they were to describe their sexual fantasies in detail. And I mean detail like other people in the class what they would like to do with them, to them, uh, and so forth. And he is, well, you got to hear him. Cut number five. Good evening. Uh, many of you know me, so I am here to discuss this atrocity of assignments. I want to first say, you're a liar. It's not a rumor. I have the proof right here in my phone of the whom with you, with whom would you do it with? And my daughter specifically stated that the teacher put up a will on the class board and it stated anal penetration, oral sex, licking of ear, kissing. And he wanted them to write down the initials of a boy or girl that they would do these activities with. Now, I don't know what's worse, wanting to know my child's sexual fantasy or who they're going to have anal penetration and oral sex with. What is he gaining from this? What do you gain from this information? Why has my daughter that naively did the assignment? Because she's scared. She wants to get good grades. She wants to be, you know, get her license. She has to get good grades. And so she does this assignment. Where's the assignment? Why hasn't she had it turned back to her with her grade on it? What is he doing with it? Is this for his spank bank? Is he literally using this for his sexual deviant? These are questions that need to be answered. He he verbally abused, verbally sexually abused every single child in that classroom. You look up the definition, I gave you the paper for the definition of verbal sexual abuse. Now, sexual abuse is sexual abuse. So where's the criminal charges? Why is he still teaching? Is it because he's the football coach and Churchill's doing good? Don't want to lose that hype? Because football doesn't matter when it comes to our children. Okay? This sexual deviant needs to be removed. If you do not remove him, I'm giving you my word today that tomorrow morning, 
I will go down to the county clerk's office and I will file for the removal of every single one of you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he gets points for using the term spank bank, by the way, but they've never heard that before. Somebody had to Google that at the school board. No, I, I look, I um, there's no defense for this. But you know what I think when I hear these, and we've played how many of them now, dozens of them right on the show. Whenever I hear these these moms and dads go before these school boards, I think, first of all, there's probably a person that normally is pretty intimidated or uh, uncomfortable with public speaking. Because I'm sure these are people that, that don't, as a, as, a, as a custom, do it. Secondly, I wonder how many of them are apolitical people or were. Like, you might assume that every time we play one of these, that's some Rush Limbaugh listening, died in the red, red state, conservative. This guy's in Oregon. I'll bet you anything, if we went back and, and reopened all these different examples we've played, these are, these are people of both parties. These are people of no party. These are people that are apolitical. These are people that are activated now but weren't before. That's what they're doing. And that's the optimism that I pull from this, is they are waking people up that they are going to have to deal with. You and I are already an irritant, but they're adding to our ranks, which is why we play them in the first place. Um, all right, so on the JR poll, obviously 100% <laughs> said they were underwhelmed. And I know we have some Trump-hating callers and listeners, so I think I think... You don't have to tell me, but I think there are people out there tonight who hate Trump, who didn't vote for him, who uh, want nothing good to ever come to him, and they watch this today, and they're like, oh, is this it? Really? Alvin Bragg? Is this it? Aptly named? You talked a good game. Didn't really deliver. Alvin Bragg is like the guy that calls a home run from the plate and then dribbles a grounder down the third base line. You know, I just, I don't, I don't think it's, it's not all that, but we'll see. I, I did think it was interesting that one of our uh, legal experts, I think it was Bill Pyatt, said the real deal is actually when they reveal the rest of the case, which is a couple of weeks from now. So anyway. Um, speaking of the case and the defendant, uh, Donald Trump's going to speak from Florida tonight. We're going to bring you that here on KTSA. So we're going to stay on, uh, and continue our show into the seven o'clock hour until, uh, that happens. Um, do we have time for the Jack chat line? I don't think we do. We'll play, we'll, we'll play them after seven o'clock, Don, because I don't want to, I don't want to run out of time. Um, this was interesting. Detroit Free Press announces today that beginning in 2024, Ford will no longer install AM radios in their new vehicles. And there's a big debate about this because AM radio in most parts of the country is how people get emergency information like tornado warnings and weather alerts and stuff like that. Uh, But there's an interference issue with electric drivetrains and AM reception. So may not be a final decision, but Ford says they're giving up on it. We will not give up on you. We'll be right back here with continuing coverage of the Trump speech after 7.